Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, Episode 74. And I want to be that, that funnel um, for the coaches to the NSCA, just as I want to be uh, a person that will communicate what, what we're doing internally out to the, to the coaching audience, because I think it does go both ways. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. I'm today's guest host, Nate Palin. Uh, more importantly, I am here at uh, Coaches Conference 2020 with our new coaching program manager, Eric McMahon. Eric, welcome. Thanks, Nate. I looked uh, through actually the transcript of the previous podcast you were on. So if anyone hasn't caught that, mm-hmm. wants to know a good chunk about two things, Vermont and baseball strength and conditioning, uh, please tune into that. However, I'm going to try to avoid those two topics okay. and bring it outside your comfort zone a little bit. <laughs> um, we, we should specify how long have you been in this role? This is my second day on the job here at the NSCA, um, getting right into it at the coaches conference. So. Perfect. Second day. And, uh, you know, I, I said I would try to provide some stress relief for you. And instead, I'm already coming to you for answers. So you're, you're going to be the answer <laughs> guy, you know, not just within the NSCA and the building, but for your audience. Um, you're pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, I think it's a, you know, relationships and networking is, is a huge part of our profession. And I think the NSCA is a, is a, that's our role in terms of creating those communication structures and creating those conversations. And to me, um, like we were just talking about off air, you know, today was, uh, things start moving quickly with a conference and just talking to all the coaches coming in and it's just exciting to see all the faces that you might've uh, worked with five, six years ago or all my old Springfield college, um, coaching buddies and, um, that just going back on your network and, um, continuing to build those relationships over time. And, uh, I think that's a huge part of this role. Absolutely. It's, it's such a small community, the coaching world, and it's about to get even smaller for you, right? You're, you're going to be uh, uh, hitting the road as, as certainly the face of the organization. Um, I'd say most importantly, though, you're, you're an ear for the organization to the coaches out there. Uh, that said, I, I think we jump right in sort of how do you see, you know, your role as, as you're starting just now to step into it? Um, and what are you most excited about? Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, getting into this field for me, I, I had a, I had some reservations to just getting into this profession, just from a standpoint of what the uh, what the career looked like in terms of even having a family and and travel and what that would mean in terms of your life, the life you're committing to. I knew what my coaches in college had gone through just to. Uh, just to be coaches and it, even though I was passionate about it you know it was something that I um, I put a lot of thought into I wanted to pursue the field I just wanted to make sure it was the right choice for me and you know when I talk to young coaches now the, those are conversations I, I have a lot where um, this this profession is um, there's, it's a huge commitment in terms of you might have to pack up and go. You know, I heard, I heard someone say, you know, if you want to move up, you got to move on. I don't know if that's always the best <laughs> advice for people, but, 
there is definitely some truth to that in this business. And, you know, when I was at Springfield, they told us, hey, we'll be able to help you find an internship or a job, but you're going to have to be willing to go anywhere. And that's such a huge sacrifice or commitment um, to make um, for someone who's 17, 18 years old looking ahead at a career um, or even a little further along in their college years when they're trying to kind of sort through what their what their life is going to be like. And, you know, those are the kinds of conversations I like to have with young coaches. And thinking about that in terms of this role, um, I think those things matter to everybody. You know, um, we as a profession, um, we've kind of thrived on the grinded out mentality. And, and I don't think we're ever going to lose that because we are – we, you know that that is that's in our blood and that's what yeah, we do absolutely you know? and, and um but w- improving the career path of strength and conditioning and making this not only a uh credible profession as we all want it to be but making it so that uh coaches are well-rounded in their lives we are uh, people that are sought after um, as communicators, as presenters, as, um, you know, as, as influential, important people in their organizations with potential to move up the ladder in terms of athletic directors or um, CEOs or presidents of their organization. Um, we're educated professionals. Um, this is a science-based uh, science-based skill set that we employ as strength coaches uh, and I think that knowledge goes a long way and in um, and has so much more potential if we allow it to so for me that's what this role uh, is is about facilitating those conversations keeping those conversations going where coaches can come to me and voice their concerns what can the NSCA do to help uh, help help solve those problems and if we can't do it immediately you know look at long-term solutions um, so that maybe we're making this better for future generations down the line and um, to me yeah that's what it's all about I'm really excited yeah honestly you know I uh, I was fortunate enough to to sit in on your first uh, interview phone interview with the organization and I know something that stood out immediately uh, to myself and Scott Douglas was your ability to have, uh, you know, you knew about the here and now, so you had the the short-sighted, you know, access and view, but you also could look beyond it and how one was incorporated within the other, um, because you're right, it's all about creating these solutions that not just set up somebody for success today, but long-term, and, you know, the, the career path and the where do I begin and where does it lead um, I think it used to be sort of just uh, what can I get my hands on and dig into as a mm-hmm. coach and you yeah. just get right into the X's and O's. And now as it's been a viable profession for a lot longer, becoming even more so, you start hearing the terms, you know, burnout, uh, you know, progress and permanence and family and all these other things that um, you have a grip on having been you know, sort of through that experience, and now you can help reshape that path for for young coaches. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm, I'm sure you're stoked to be in a role where you can do that. On on the same note, you know, family. So uh, you have one. Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, as do I. And you are, um, 
you know, moving that family to Colorado. How do you feel about Colorado? So we, uh, my wife and I, Meredith, we are from um, Vermont, Burlington, Vermont. So we grew up around snow and, um, you know, we're really excited to kind of get back towards, uh, kind of sounds strange because living in Dallas area, uh, the last nine years, you know, you, you miss that full, full blown winter and um, I don't think we're fully uh, equipped with the right uh, jackets and things anymore like we used to be. But we're, I'm really excited to kind of get on the slopes once in a while. I yep. played hockey growing up and kind of reconnect with the with the winter sports scene that I that I missed in Texas a little bit. Um, you know, we have kids. We have four kids. Um, yeah, ranging. We have a newborn, and uh, my son is seven. So ranging from. Uh, uh, those years right there. So you got and, all kinds of free time. I got all time, yeah. all kinds of free time for for skiing and skating. No, yeah. um, but uh, I love here, it. Yeah, love we it. Uh, here we are at the yeah. 2020 uh, NSCA Coaches Conference, and they are. Uh, people moving around. We have some announcements going on in the conference hall. Ev- evidence of this of this being live. <laughs> That's right. Um, so uh, you know, moving the family out there, it is a big move, um, and this is a. Um, but I feel like this is such an important role, and I, I'm I've wanted to be involved more and more with the NSCA ever since I started my career, and uh, when this opportunity came available, I knew that. Um, uh, I knew that it would be uh, something I wanted to pursue, and then I uh, talked to my wife and made sure it was something we could pursue, and um, so I'm, I'm really happy about it. Awesome. Well, we're definitely excited to have you in the springs, uh, especially if I got somebody to hit the slopes with. Nice. Are, are you uh, you mountain bike at all? A couple times. I'd like okay. to try try a little bit more. All right. I'm, I'm still fairly new to it myself, so... Uh, you know, if you want to come fall down the mountain a little bit with me, nice. definitely be, that would be a good time. I saw your Instagram posts the other day where you were out there and it was uh, 15 degrees or the wind was howling and the snow was going. And I showed my wife and she was, uh, she goes, you sure you're ready for this? The, this whole winter thing again? But <laughs> Yeah, I think I said something along the lines of this is going to be you soon. Um, it's not that bad though, as long as the sun's shining, it's always uh, feels warmer than it actually, you know, than the temperature tells you. For sure. And uh, you're going to enjoy Colorado, I believe. So, we're, like I said, we're we're definitely excited to have you. Um, you know, you're moving from a, a getting back, I guess, to strength and conditioning. Um, you're moving from a, a position where you know within the NSCA, relative to the NSCA anyway, um, where you where you're kind of on the outside uh, as an audience and and voicing, you know, your your um, concerns and comments, et cetera, uh, through, you know, Scott Caulfield, who, who formerly held your position and, you know, kind of waiting, hoping for maybe some solutions to, to be developed within, mm-hmm. um, you know, what do you see as a challenge of making that transition from audience to the person that's going to, to hopefully create solutions and answer to the audience? Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, coming, give a little background, you know, as a minor league strength coach for a number of years, you're, you're kind of the one man band where you're like, you know, you're the one strength coach for the team and you're out. And I remember my first year in Helena, Montana, um, beautiful country area, but it's, I mean, you're out there and you don't have a lot to work with and you have to do everything to put your program in place. And I think you, you, you're hustling and you're, you're carrying everything and you're setting up and you're, chasing guys down you're getting the workouts done and and i think 
that mentality, I think in this job, it's more about listening to what comes in and, and, and keeping up the relationships across all the special interest groups, across all the entire NSCA community. I mean, everyone has their CSCS, their RSCC, all the programs we have in place, um, keeping my ears open so that when we are communicating on programs and trying to make improvements that I, I've been able to sort and process though that information and we can make the best decisions possible. And I wanna be that, that funnel um, for the coaches to the NSCA, just as I wanna be uh, a person that will communicate what, what we're doing internally out to the, to the coaching audience, because I think it does go both ways. Um, and, and obviously it's a different type of, of role for me. Um, and like you said, you know, thinking of it in that, in that way, um, it's completely different. Um, but to me, I think every coach at different points, you know, there's, there's, we love this profession. We love certain aspects, but there's always these things that eat away at us, whether it's uh, salary or um, the hours we're working or uh, the grunt work that we have to do uh, early on our, in our career or, or even, even all through our career. <laughs> uh, and, and it's, um, you know, I think this is an opportunity to make, make a change that can improve the lives of a lot of people. And so I don't take this, this role lightly. Um, I know what it's like to be a young strength coach, nervous about this profession, like I was saying, because of those aspects. And the impact I wanna have is to make the career path better um, for everyone, for future generations of strength coach, the programs that we put in place, um, the changes that we make to current programs, whatever, um, whatever we're doing, I want to make sure that there's some sustainability to this profession and sustainability to these programs so that we aren't looking short-sighted at, okay, well, that's a, that's a Band-Aid to the, to the problem now, but where are we, where are we going to be out in 5, 10 years or 10, 20 years? Or, I mean, who knows where we'll all be at at that point. We need to set this up um, to be better for the next people that are, that are taking this over from us. So, um, yeah, I believe that. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember during the, uh, you know, hiring process, what they were looking for is certainly someone who is, who has walked the walk and, you know, has, has a, a network certainly does not hurt. Um, beyond that, looking for what's probably, you know, kind of tough to quantify sometimes or relate back to you know strength and conditioning is, is project management because mm -hmm. they you know you you've gone corporate my friend <laughs> uh, you know not, not really but I, I do joke that you know we wear kind of khakis and button-ups on the day-to-day -day, um you know as opposed to the black sweats i used to be so comfortable in and you know it, it it's reflective of of a different position and a different standpoint but that said within those within that job description i think the biggest part of it was that we and I say we, but the organization really wanted somebody with the heart of a coach because one, you know, th that's not so much a skill as it is something that's just absolutely ingrained in the individual. And I think a lot of what you've even talked to so far with regard to your um, outlook on how to create solutions taps, taps right into that. Um, you know, that said, who kind of first inspired you you know, to look at strength and conditioning as, as, as 
a, a career, and I don't mean a career in, in terms of like a paycheck, but a career in terms of something that your heart could continue to follow, yeah, you know, for the rest yeah. of your days. So, I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, I played college football at St. Lawrence University, and I, um, I got my first um, job in, in fitness. I was a floor trainer at a fitness club in town just because I honestly didn't want to pay for a membership. And it was like, and I was, I, you know, I was at the stage where I had multiple jobs just around the clock, just trying to make money during the summer um, before college. And um, I, I took in a lot from the guys I was working with. Uh, one of them actually runs a really pretty good strength and conditioning business up in Vermont right now, but, uh, and a couple of personal trainers and things. But they, um, I, learned, I learned a lot, and I, I got interested um, in the field, and then just through training, college football. Um, you know, I learned a lot of things through some of the training we were doing that I just felt like, man, this could be a little bit better. I, I, I didn't really know exactly what we were doing wrong, but, uh, you know, I just, you know, just certain things that we were warming up and the way, we, you know, our lower body lifts were, I just... Um, I eventually made gains, but through kind of some trial and error, and it, it, it inspired me to look at it. And one of my baseball coaches from high school, I started training at his gym in the off season um, for my uh, maybe junior, senior year, somewhere in there. And um, he's like, "Hey, the NSCA has a really good strength and conditioning certification. You should you should look into that." And um, yeah, so I I went on the website that day and. Not too long after I was a student member and the journal started coming in, um, and, and I think a good selling point for me, uh, you know, we talked about the interview process. I mean, I can say I'm a true product of the NSCA career path. I, I got the journals and I would read the strength and conditioning journal uh, cover to cover pretty much every time it came in for, for a number of years. Um, and, and I still think of some of those early articles. Uh, you know, I've reached out to, since I've got the job, I reached out to uh, Colorado local Alan Hedrick. Um, that's a guy that, you know, I used to read his column um, every every month that thing came out. And I had never met this guy. I, um, I, I remember the article that when he was at Air Force Academy and they came out with that new, very unique facility and it just put a lasting impression in my mind. Um, he would write a different type of he'd cover a different topic pretty much every every um issue and and to me that that helped me be a little more well-rounded in the field and and um you know i i've since heard him say in some of his speaking that he would take on these articles and uh basically study up on something he didn't know a lot about and then write an article about it and so it does make sense that you know i latched on to so many of the things he would do because it was such a broad outlook at the field and so that's one example I just I really got into the journals and uh, you know being up in the Northeast I started looking at um, I was an exercise science minor uh, but it, I my trainer who taught some of the courses in that had some Stanley Cup rings and there was one guy who had a CSCS on the training staff and so just networking, talking, having conversations. I found Springfield College. I looked at a lot of different grad programs that were available at the time, and um, Springfield's are really reputable in the strength field, so um, I pursued that, and um, it wasn't too long after that I found myself in baseball, so um, that was that was kind of what inspired me to do it, but um, really it was just interest in the fitness field, and I, I enjoyed working out, and 
Um, I know that as an athlete, I would have never touched the field in college if it wasn't for strength and conditioning. And um, so I credit any success I had as an athlete uh, at, to, to my training yeah. at, during those years and uh, changing my body, um, getting strong, and, and winning that starting job, you know, um, that, that meant a lot to me at the time and inspired me to, to pass it forward here. What, what I think is cool about what you just said is sort of it's almost the absence of ideal coaching was a motivator in a way. 100%. But in the, in the same breath, the existence of any coaching also provided you some of what you needed. So it's sort of like I know there's something to this, but I want to discover more. And then, too, in, in you talking about, you know, Alan's articles and how that was sort of his self-education, self-discovery process sort of ties into what I heard you talking to Brian Buck earlier about which is the vulnerability of putting information out. So here's somebody mm-hmm. who, as he's digging deeper into a topic and learning it, is willing to broadcast that information for public viewing, you know, public uh, consumption, and not just that, but, but critique. And, yeah. you know, apparently successfully so, because in that process created an educational path for you, um, which, which obviously you have, you know, run with since. You know, that said, you know, talking to the journals, talking to some of the ways that uh, the the certification and the ways that the NSCA was first kind of able to to provide guidance for you. Where do you think, you know, right now in a a field that's evolved greatly in a short amount of time, where is the NSCA falling short? Um, And and how do you plan to kind of help drag it, drag it along? Okay, so... uh I don't know if I'm fully prepared to unroll my mission statement here, but <laughs> you don't. Maybe um, just the, <laughs> cliff, the cliff notes. The cliff notes. No, but um, you know, I think one. I think the CSCS is a very reputable certification in the field right now. I think there, we have some relationships with um, you know the college strength and conditioning coaches, the Australian strength and conditioning coaches, the the UK group. There's a lot of organizations out there that represent strength and conditioning now, and I think we as an organization need to. Um, start to have, we, and we have some, but I think we need to start to have some of those conversations to kind of bring the strength and conditioning world together, you know, the entire community, because there, I mean, there's, there's so much we can learn from the research that they're putting out in the Australian group. Um, it, it, it's so impressive what they've done over there. Um, and I'm starting to, starting to see more uh, with the UK group that they're, they're putting out on their social media, and I, I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, so many college strength coaches in, in the uh, CSCCA, and I think that relationship that we have, um, I know on the high school scene, um, we need to, we need to uh, high school strength and conditioning is, is on the rise. I think it needs more infrastructure, and I think mm-hmm. we can do that through our SIGs. Um, and um, through some different programs. Um, representing our professional coaches and promoting, you know, we're talking about promoting the career path and improving the career path, and I think we do that by, by promoting our professional coaches and their accomplishments, and that's really what the RSCC program is about, and I think um, that's something that when it started, um, we... I, I don't know. I, I applied for it and I got it, but I, I didn't know how much. I didn't have a clear understanding of what we were trying to solve with the RSCC, and I think um, cleaning up the, making some more clarity in that, I think is something that that we can do. So, 
to me, in a communicator type role, I think um, just facilitating those conversations and um, kind of seeing what the needs are out there. But I think infrastructure wise, when we look at the programs we have now, I think we're close in a lot of areas. Um, and there is a lot of great dialogue out there in the special interest groups. Um, you know, I, I was having some good conversations today and it was like right to my uh, notes in my phone because I was like, man, I'm going to use this. This is this yeah. is great. And it's like every coach at this conference is a, re- a resource, Absolutely. a resource for the organization. And, and um, you know, it's um, yeah, I'm new to this job, but I've been with the NSCA for a long time. And I want every coach to feel like they are just as much a part of this organization as as you and I are. And I think that I think if we can create that, the programs and what we put in place, that's going to be um, it's going to be really good. Yeah. I mean, your your brain now is, is 50,000 strong, you know, so all, all the certificates, all the members all have something to lend to the conversation. And if you're willing to let that information in, then now you, you don't have to come up with every solution. You know, they'll, they'll come up with a lot of them for you. And absolutely, it's, you know, even in my my position within tactical uh, similar thing sometimes just have to put my my ego aside and admit that hey the guy that's on the ground might just have a better answer than i do and you know every day that i'm removed from that scene just like soon you're going to be a little bit removed from that scene or at least that day to day you know there's going to be a new tech that you haven't used yet there's going to be new information there's going to be rule changes and everything else that you're a little further from mm-hmm. and so having that ear to the street is, is going to be um absolutely absolutely essential um sure. You know, that said, I am I am excited, man, because uh, one, you know, we're kind of on the same team collectively. Um, two, you know, I, I grew up as, as a young coach. Heck, I'm still a young coach. And where I go to get my information is, is you know, I'm part of your audience, to be honest. I'm, I'm a coach, you know, strength coach at heart still. And it's the resources that, that you put out are, are going to be uh, incredibly important to me. So I'm looking very forward to, to what that is. And, and what I love is how you kind of listed a whole bunch of names of organizations that some people might say are competitors. And, and, and I don't think you think that way, and I don't either. I think that that's, it's a collective, collaborative effort. I think a little bit of healthy competition is great for the field because it's going to make us all work a little mm-hmm. bit harder. But at the end of the day, we're all serving the athlete. And so we're all going to sit around the same table and, and come up with solutions for that group. So exactly. um, that said, Eric, welcome to the team. Thanks, uh, Nate. Again, looking very, very forward to working with you. And, uh, man, really kicking things off strong by just jumping in day one at the Coaches Conference. On the podcast. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm going to add, you, you did really good on this podcast, man. We're going to have to have you on, co-host a few more uh, uh, episodes coming up. You I know mean, I, I stayed up late many a nights uh, just just practicing. <laughs> no, no, I did not. So uh, I appreciate you saying that. You yeah. know, either way, I think it's most important for everyone to know that. Uh, sorry, Scott. I, th- I think we got you know a new voice here on the podcast, uh, <laughs> if not a couple of them. And, and we, we we adjusted. It's on our social media here, but it's uh, we adjusted our backdrop with uh, with my picture over Scott. But I have great looking arms on here i was gonna say the (laughs) arms are are phenomenal so yeah i'm not quite there yet scott already sent me the program the uh the arm farm 
you know, hand handwritten program that he's got. And so I'm, I, I got to get to work. Nice. We, we might have to bring some weights up to your desk because we, we, you know, it, it's been pulled out of the, the performance center. So you're a little further from the weights. So mm-hmm. maybe just, a, you know, a couple of 40s, something like that to, <laughs> to, to curl in your downtime. But uh, no, man, welcome. Welcome. Really excited to have you here. Thanks, Nate. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Soranex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. You often hear these podcasts recorded at NSCA conferences and events. Why not join us at the next one? You can get all the details on upcoming events at nsca.com events. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.